This is TSC Now, a podcast by the Tuber Sclerosis Alliance. Hello, and welcome to the May episode of TSC Now. As always, I'm your host, Dan Klein. This episode is sponsored by Greenwich Biosciences, Novartis Pharmaceuticals, UCB Inc., Upshur Smith Laboratories, and Mallinckrodt. Thank you for your support. This will be our second episode focused on the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, but this time with a slightly more positive spin. As many of you know, May is TSC Awareness Month, culminating in TSC Global Awareness Day on May 15th. And in fact, this podcast actually debuted one year ago on TSC Global Awareness Day. Last year, we reached out to some of our international partners to learn about how they were going about celebrating TSC Global Awareness Day and what specific challenges individuals and families with TSC faced in their countries. This year, we're going to do something very similar and check in with some of our other international partners and ask them how they are recognizing TSC Global Awareness Day despite the ongoing pandemic. We're also going to ask them how TSC individuals and families in their country have been impacted by COVID-19. I'm joined during these conversations by Katie Smith, Director of Government and Global Affairs at the Tuberous Sclerosis Alliance. I'd like to express my gratitude to Katie for helping me to organize these conversations with our global partners. And finally, I talked to a couple from Delaware who have found a very fun and unique way to raise awareness of TSC and funds for the Tuberous Sclerosis Alliance during our May TSC Awareness Month of Caring. First, I speak to Helen Willisey, president and one of the founding members of TSCNZ in New Zealand, who is also a mom of an individual with tuberous sclerosis complex. She shares what the situation is like in New Zealand, their unique challenge with access to medications in their country, and what their plans are for TSC Global Awareness Day. Here's my conversation with Helen. We're now joined by Helen Willisey, president of TSCNZ in New Zealand. Helen, thank you for joining me and happy Global Awareness Day. You're a day ahead of us, so you guys are already celebrating. Yes, yeah, yeah. happy Global Awareness Day to you too. So how, how are you all celebrating in New Zealand? Obviously, things with COVID-19 have sort of changed how we've traditionally been able to gather and celebrate. So what are you all doing? So we are, yeah, we're having an online campaign this year. So we have encouraged everybody to wear blue for TSC. So wear something blue, take a photo of themselves and post it up to our Facebook page and their Facebook pages or you know, any social media. And yeah, we came up with the hashtag Unite for TSC because our government has had a really successful campaign really against COVID-19 called Unite Against COVID-19. So we've kind of twisted that to um, make it suit our purposes. And I think it kind of speaks to how actually the whole country needs to unite to work together to beat this. Yeah, and we're encouraging not just people with TUC to post photos of themselves, but also their friends, their family, you know, all the supporters that make people with TSC live their best lives they can. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. We've also publicised the 
colouring page that TSC International have put out. So put our little flag on the bottom there and inviting people to colour that in and post their photos of that as well. We were going to do tats for TSC, so like Australia does, and so a few people managed to get their tats for TSC, so we might have a few people posting photos of their tattoos as well, their temporary tats, which have the, the wave symbol of TC and um, living with TFC, but yeah, we, we actually couldn't even post through lockdown, so um, we couldn't get too many of them out. But yeah, there'll be a few people that managed to get in early. So we've really enjoyed participating in the international things that have been organised as well. I know, I don't know if anybody got up at 3am to watch the webinar, but I'm sure they will have watched the recording. And yeah, it was really fantastic to have this sort of cooperation between organisations around the world. And that was really fitted with Unite for TSC as well. And I love that what the speakers said on there about, you know, this the whole world has actually got to Unite to uh, do our best against COVID-19. I really love that hashtag Unite for TSC. It's such a strong message, especially this year with everything else that's going on. And and it's really cool to see all of the global organizations sort of partner together to raise awareness of tuberous sclerosis complex. How has COVID-19 impacted your organization and, and TSC families in New Zealand? So it's impacted our organisation and, you know, like like other ways other people have had that, you know, our face-to-face events have had to be cancelled and we were planning to support people to go over to the conference in Australia that they had planned for May, but they had to cancel that and, of course, our borders are closed now anyway, so we couldn't go anywhere. I think the families, there's been a little, some people have had some issues getting the PPE they needed and there's been a few delays with getting medications. You know, we don't make any medications here. We have to import everything. So there's been a few delays in the supply chains and that's caused some anxiety for people, but it seems to be kind of, they're getting on top of those issues now. I think we've felt quite protected in a way because our government went into lockdown. I think we only had just over 100 cases when we went into a very strict lockdown. There was no takeaways open, there was no school, you know, there was really only essential services, supermarkets and pharmacies were pretty much the only things open. So that has really stopped the spread very well here. So we haven't had any new cases at all for the last three days and there was a couple of days last week where there were no cases. We've only got 74 cases in the whole country now. Yeah, and we have had 21 people die, which, you know, has been sad, but compared to the way the graph was tracking at the beginning, it's really amazing. You know, we, and we, we're actually coming in, just started level two now, which is where things are opening up. So schools go back on Monday and, I mean, they're still distancing <laughs> in public, but we feel quite privileged that we have got the chance almost to eliminate the virus in our country. I mean, there may be clusters that pop up, but hopefully they'll be got on top of quickly. So for people with TSC, I think that's just been so reassuring that we may have the chance to get back to being able to go out and have our more normal life quite soon. Because there's still you know, decisions to make as to the individuals, how they're affected with TSC and whether they should be going out yet. Or I know my son had to come home from his university dorm at the beginning of lockdown, which I was very relieved when he came home. But now we've got that question, is it okay for him to go back yet? Yeah, trying to weigh up the benefits of socialising and not being isolated to risks of it as well. And we're all in slightly different situations, but that's that's kind of where we're at. And I think, yeah, I think our community does feel really grateful that 
the whole country has banded together to protect them and to know the other vulnerable people. And of course, everybody, because everybody is susceptible. We don't really know how how it's all going to play out this virus. We're going to have a lot of financial impacts from this, of course. And I haven't heard directly from people with Living Tech with TSC about that in their lives, but I'm sure that there will be financial problems. Tourism is one of our biggest sort of export. So that's obviously going to be affected for a very long time. The recession is going to affect us all. Like the downside of our government is that all our pharmaceuticals are sort of bought by a central government agency and you know, they never have enough budget. And one of our battles as TSCNZ has been to try to get Everolimus or Sirolimus funded more widely. And we were making progress with that. But now that this has happened, I, I think the budget for pharmaceuticals is going to be very stretched and we may have to wait a bit longer for that to be more widely available. But we will keep our advocacy up and hopefully people will still get those drugs when they need them. I think one of the other things that I've I've thought, I really hope will come out of this more is that our other sort of goal as an organisation is to improve here, you know, through maybe having a clinic or something. But because our country is so spread out and small in population, it's not really been feasible to have physical clinics. But now that, you know, that people have been forced to do more telemedicine and that, you know, maybe that will be a step towards perhaps a virtual clinic for TSC down the track in New Zealand or, you know, something we can kind of harness some of these learnings. And, you know, there's always been excuses why they couldn't do that, but now they've had to do that. <laughs> they've managed so um, so I think that will be good going forward as well. Was it difficult to get tested there if you thought you might have it? Uh, it was right at the beginning. So I was actually really quite sick middle of March and I'd been in contact with people who had travelled overseas and I wanted to get tested, but I, I wasn't allowed to because I hadn't travelled overseas myself. And I, yeah, you know, they, they, and I didn't have a cough, but I did have a sore throat and, you know, other things. And so they were bits, but I don't, they didn't have enough tests then, so they had to save them but now they have got lots of tests so we live in a small town but they've had a testing station set up for several weeks now and it's saying anyone who's got any sniffle go down and get tested so I finally got my test done yeah a couple of weeks ago and it was negative and that's part of our opening up too that if you have got any sniffle you have to get tested yeah it's great to hear that they were able to ramp up testing and now are going through the proper steps to reopen in a way that's safe and responsible for everybody. Well, we're so grateful for everything you're doing for TSC families in New Zealand. And like you said, advocating for access to medications for them. And I'm thankful for you talking to me. It was so interesting hearing about what you're doing for Global Awareness Day and for just hearing kind of what the situation is like in New Zealand versus here in the United States. Okay, thank you. My thanks again to Helen for sharing what the situation is like in New Zealand and for helping to come up with the brilliant hashtag Unite for TSC. A link to the recording of the webinar COVID-19 Management and TSC, co-hosted by the TS Alliance, the European Tuberous Sclerosis Complex Association, also known as ETSC, and Tuberous Sclerosis Complex International, otherwise known as TSCI, can be found in the show description for this episode. Next, Katie and I talked to Ina Kuroff and Carol Hoffman of the Tuberous Sclerosis Alliance of Israel, our first Global Alliance affiliate. We talk about how families with TSC in Israel are staying connected to physicians through Zoom and to each other through WhatsApp. We also talk about the decisions families are facing as the country begins to reopen.
Here's my conversation with Ina and Carol. So we're now joined by Ina at the TS Alliance of Israel, one of our global affiliates. Ina, thank you for talking to us today on TSC Global Awareness Day. Thank you for inviting me. So in Israel, you all are a couple hours ahead of us. So you're well into your Global Awareness Day. You're actually in the evening there. What have you guys been doing today to help raise awareness? Because of uh, quarantine and uh, isolation, we couldn't make any personal meeting. So we organized a Zoom meeting about uh, COVID-19 and its effect on TS-affected people, because now it's the most relevant thing. And that meeting was hosted by Dr. Gilboa, correct? Right. This meeting was hosted by Dr. Gilboa. She's a neurologist and director of TSC clinic in Adassa and Karam Hospital in Jerusalem. And how did the meeting go? Was it well-received? Yeah, the meeting was very good. I think she made a nice presentation, talked about generally about COVID-19 and its effect on TS patients. It was in Hebrew, so I think for our people it was well understood. The fact that uh, Dr. Tom Gilboa spoke in Hebrew and had a PowerPoint in Hebrew, it made it much easier for Israelis who were native tongue is Hebrew to understand and to be able to follow it as she explained things. And then if they had questions, they had questions. So I'll just add that this was the first time TS Alliance Israel had a Zoom session. And we think that it was very successful, all things considered, recognizing that we don't pay for Zoom. So we were limited to 40 minutes and therefore very careful about it. But Ina was the person who made the arrangement. She's the person who contacted Dr. Gilboa and she really made it happen. And we are forever grateful to her for all of her contributions. That's great. And do you think that Zoom meetings are something you're going to do in the future to provide resources? Yeah, I, I think it's a very good option, at least for now and for, uh, I think, maybe half a year or maybe even next year. Because if people can stay home, they don't need to travel anywhere. They don't need to take care of their kids to, to, to think how they can live them with whom can they leave them so i think it's a very good option generally how has covid19 impacted tsc families in israel actually we don't know any family uh, any any ts family that was affected by covid19 fortunately that's great and you mentioned before the call that you're starting to reopen and your kids are going back to school how long were they home and you know what what does that reopening look like? People were at home for two months and it was a really a tough time for TSC kids, for their parents to take care of them. No schools, no gardens. But the fact that TS patients take care of them in every day, I, I think, helped them this period to, for this social distance, to, to take care more because each day they need to take care of themselves. Did you see families connecting online and supporting each 
each other virtually? Yes, we have a WhatsApp group where people can uh, talk. So, so there were, yes, were many talks about their fears of uh, releasing uh, kids to, to go out to schools and uh, gardens, kindergartens, or stay home so they could share, I think, their fears and make them That's great that they had a place to connect and stay in touch, even though they were all at home. So now that the country is starting to reopen, what are the upcoming plans and priorities for TS Alliance of Israel? Just before uh, disclosure, we were planning to make a meeting with a cardiologist. But uh, because of the coronavirus, it was uh, postponed. So maybe now we can start thinking about this, but it won't happen in the next few months, I guess, because uh, people are still boring. First of all, one other thing that we did in preparation and, and for Awareness Day is, is that Michelle put up on our website a number of the COVID publications that you people did translated into Hebrew. And so that was very, very useful. And I just want to add that people are very cautious. We're not sure how it's going to go. Although schools are resuming on Sunday, it is not compulsory for parents to send their children to school. Some parents just don't feel comfortable about it. And the other thing that I wanted to add was this WhatsApp group that we have, which is great because it's social media and it's fine. You can add to it or answer it in the middle of the night or wherever you are. And so one of the things that the families did was is they shared with each other various possibilities of being able to go out as a family to places where they could stay together as a family or be protected, such as the safari, which opened up for special needs families. So you could our safari in Israel, people stay in their cars and they drive through and see the animals. I think it's good that people are being cautious and seeing how things work out before immediately resuming normal life. And for TSC families especially, it's even more important to make sure that they're protecting themselves. So it's good to hear that they are. But it's also really cool to hear all the ways that you're still staying connected. I mean, this WhatsApp group sounds really amazing. Do you have to wear masks when you go outside? Are they making any kind of recommendations like that? Yeah, we are. And do you guys have the same social distancing rules about staying far apart? I, I don't know about you, but as an example, I was totally isolated for a full eight and a half weeks. And then one day, a granddaughter of mine who just got her driver's license drove two and a half hours to see me. And she said, what? I can't come into your apartment. I can't hug you. I have to stand six feet away from you outside with a mask. I don't like that. <laughs> so it's difficult. Yeah, that sounds really difficult. And that's that's quite a long time to just be by yourself. Well, we really appreciate the two of you taking time to talk to us today and sharing a little bit about what Israel is doing and how you all are coping with the coronavirus. Is there is there anything else that you'd like to share with us? I would just add that Dr. Gilboa shared with us her presentation and we put it on Facebook and on our site.
Well, thank you again for talking to us and spending time with us today on Global Awareness Day. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. It's wonderful to see you. Good to see you and thank you for all you're doing. We appreciate it. My thanks again to Ina and Carol for taking time to talk to me. We'll share a link to the webinar featuring Dr. Gilboa in the show description. All right. Our final stop on our worldwide TSC Global Awareness Day tour is the United Kingdom. We talked to Luke Langlands, Head of Communications and Engagement at the UK Tuberous Sclerosis Association, also known as UKTSA. Luke's role is actually very similar to mine, so talking to him was like talking to my British counterpart. Here's our conversation with Luke. We're now joined by Luke Langlands of UKTSA in the United Kingdom. Luke, thank you for talking to us today. No, thank you for having me. Yeah, delighted to be asked. How did you first get involved with UKTSA and what's your role with the organization? Uh, so I got involved uh, just over a year and a half ago, something I got towards the end of 2018. And uh, prior to, to joining the TSA, I was working in uh, health, medical, charity communications and, and public relations focused mostly around pharmaceutical companies. And yeah, the, I, I was working in, in that area for, for quite a few years. Prior to that, I, I did a little bit of journalism. I was a writer for a little while. And it was something that I always wanted to explore. So the opportunity came up to work in the communications team for the TSA. And I jumped at it and I, I've loved it ever since. Yeah, so my, my title at the TSA is uh, Head of Communications and Engagement. So anything to do with, you know, the website, social media, our events, and anything and everything, really. Our uh, magazine scan that goes out three or four times a year as well it's uh, it's a broad church where we're, we're quite a small team so it's it's a lot of getting stuck in with different things but yeah it's, it's great yeah you and i wear very similar hats for our respective organizations all things communication so i know that yeah. world pretty well you all are a couple hours ahead of us so you're well into tsc global awareness day today what is uk tsa doing today to raise awareness of tuberous sclerosis so what we've done this year is we've coincided our uh, annual event called Teen Scones, the TSC, or Teen Scones, depending on your accent in the UK, with Global TSC Awareness Day. So what that is, is it's we, we encourage people to, to get baking. Well, they don't necessarily have to bake, they can just buy treats or whatever in themselves. But ideally, they would bake something, take pictures of it on social media, and then and post them online and encourage people to share it, primarily to raise awareness of TSC and then also the TSA as well. In previous years, generally, what we would have done is ask people to sort of to meet up in their own homes or in restaurants, cafes, and things like that. But obviously, it's not, not quite possible this year. So we've uh, we've changed it around a little bit. And and yeah, it's great. The reaction of our of our community, as as with every year when we do Teen Scones, is, um, it, it, it's been great. And I think everyone's really appreciating the opportunity to to connect with people, albeit virtually. But, but yeah, it's obviously so important now more than ever. 
Uh, so that's, that's been our main focus for the year. And you sort of alluded to it, this year is different than many years, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic has changed how all of us have had to do business. How have the priorities of your community and how have their lives changed as a result of everything going on? Yeah, I mean, in, in a few words, I guess you could say that everything has changed for most most of our community. Unfortunately, that that's also associated with a lot of the unknown and there's a lot of what ifs and should I be doing this should I not be doing this and it's not necessarily being being helped with wider recommendations outside of the TSC community that we're then reacting to um, in terms of government recommendations and things like that but more specifically so when the pandemic started to really really take hold we changed wholesale how we have been working day by day with the TSA. So that, that's been in a number of ways. So we've acted proactively and quickly to ensure that the TSA can survive in this time. And then also in directly how we help the community. So we know that there's a lot of people who are perhaps anxious, desperate for information support and things like that. So we've focused a lot of our time and resources in support and information, digesting broader information and sending it back out to the community with the TSC focus in mind. And that includes speaking to TSC clinics around the UK as well and making sure that we were getting the correct health, social and cultural recommendations to the community. Today is the first day also of a special series of virtual events that we're we're hosting for the the TSC community. We know how important it is for our community to connect and feel like they're part of something bigger. Our, Our community is incredible. The way they they get together and work hard and really, really feel like a family. It amazes me every single day. And that's only gotten stronger during COVID-19. So our our responsibility really is to make sure that we're, we're ensuring that there's places for that to happen still. Even though we can't be in person, it's now obviously online. So yes, so today will be the first of our virtual sessions. This one's focused around TAND. Then later sessions will be focused on uh, carer support, anxiety and stress, and then hopefully a few others in the pipeline as well. But we're, we're starting with, with TAND today. And we're, we're really, really delighted as well to be working alongside larger uh, charities and organisations in the UK as well as part of those discussions. For example, at Carers UK, which is one of the biggest care organisations in the UK, Anxiety UK, which do some amazing stuff in stress and anxiety, and a few more as well. So yeah, very much in in the support, engagement, and getting the, the community together in this time. You talked a little bit about how you have to really maximize the limited resources you have. In what ways are you guys doing that? And and what resources have you made available for the TSC community in the UK? Our small team has temporarily gotten a little bit smaller as we as we fight through COVID-19. And it means that we're a bit more spread around today. So I'm doing a little bit more in terms of, say, support and information is what I, I previously have done. The head of fundraising is doing maybe a little bit more communication uh, things and projects and what what previously uh, she would have been doing. And yeah, we've, we've just tightened up really. For the time being, we're focused around support and information. In terms of actual opportunities for people to 
to connect and meet. So we've been looking at creating different Facebook groups as well for, for people specifically focused around the UK, just for people to connect and talk. All of our events, which would have been face-to-face in the UK, they're now going to be virtual. For example, we always have an event in Wales for people who are affected by TSE in Wales. We also have a very, very passionate and interested number of people who join our Outlook uh, event. So Outlook is an event specifically for adults who are mild, mildly affected by TSC. Um, and we had the very first virtual Outlook session. So Outlook has been going on for well over, I think it's 20 years now. And yeah, this year was the very first virtual session for luckily event. It went well, which, um, which actually doesn't surprise me at all because they're such a great, a great group and ju- just so passionate, which is, which is brilliant. And we want to encourage that as much as possible. We're a smaller organization in terms of resources and the number of people, say the TS Alliance, but we just need to make sure that we're maximizing everything. On our bespoke area for, for COVID-19, we've, we've not included things like symptoms of coronavirus because people can find that elsewhere. We're very much focused on if you want to know about TSA in the UK, you come to our website. If it's more broad, things can go elsewhere. I think it's great that you're really focusing on virtual opportunities. I think a lot of organizations are moving that way. And I'm just wondering what kind of response you've gotten from your community and whether you think this might be something that continues on even after COVID-19. The response has been absolutely brilliant. We're so, so pleased because in a lot of ways, we were, we were kind of jumping just into an unknown. We've never really done it before for TSA. It's always been very much face-to-face meetings and traveling to different events around the UK. It's, it's not even just England, of course. You've got Wales, Northern Ireland, Scotland as well. It's, we're not the biggest country in the world when you take into account that 11,500 people in the UK who are affected by TSC and then you've got the actual landmass. There's, there's a lot of ground to cover. I think we'll always have a place for that. We'll always have a face-to-face-to-face meetings, but for the time being, at least these meetings via virtual connections, via Zoom, have been working so, so well. We've been really, really, really pleased with the reaction that we've had from the community. So hopefully we'll be able to do more of the same as we get through this time, as we see the light, hopefully, at the end of the tunnel in, in not so not so many uh, weeks or months, but but we'll see. But it's I, I, I personally, anyway, would love to do more of them um, if, if there is appetite for it. Have you guys heard of a timeline to start reopening in your country and and what will that look like for TSC families and what role will UK TSA play in helping people adjust back to the new normal? So in terms of hearing about how the UK will be getting back to normality in, in quotation marks, it's still very much up in the air. So I don't know if you've seen, but this week the UK government began to very, very slowly relax some rules in, in England only, but not in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. So, for example, it's still it's, it's still more tighter in terms of the things you can and can't do in in Scotland, say, than it is for, for us in England right now. So for, for the TSC community, potentially, if that continues, it's going to give us uh, an interesting challenge in the way we will be looking not only at transitioning the TSC community as a whole, which is tricky in itself, as you, you guys know, in terms of the broad, the broad spectrum of how TSC can affect someone. We'll have that, but also potentially in every UK nation, they could be going at a different time. So that's something we've got to 
take account of. In terms of specifics, it's it's still very up in the air. In all honesty, as far as as far as we know, um, we're we're keeping a close eye on it, and we've we have started planning behind the scenes in terms of how we will will help people because people will need a lot of help in the systems. I think every single person in the world will. We've tried to focus it around, as we do with almost everything, where the, the TSC community comes first, not not only having a listening ear, but then trying to start thinking about the more tangible, tangible things. So if there's anything to do with uh, changes to benefits, carer supports, carer respites, uh, residential care, and, and things like that. But it's, it, it's something that we've... We've started looking into now to make sure that we're we're helping people not only during this time when coronavirus is is still well and truly with us, but but and not only after, but during that transition as well, which is going to be a really interesting time for everyone. I think it's definitely a lot of unknown still how we all move forward, but you know it's great how your organization has been able to adapt to the situation and how you can continue to support TSC families. And, you know, we're, we're so grateful for everything you're doing in the UK. And thank you for taking time today to talk to us on TSC Global Day. Oh, not at all. We're, we're always so in awe of the things that you guys are doing in the US. It's, it, it's just amazing. The, the number of virtual sessions you guys do and all the in, in normal times, the, the large fundraising things that you do as well and it's it's absolutely amazing so yeah we we keep an eye on on what you're doing a lot (laughs) see what we can use (laughs) my thanks again to luke langlands for taking time to talk to me about how uk tsa has adapted for the ongoing covid19 pandemic and for sharing some of the resources they're providing to help support families and raise awareness around TSC Global Awareness Day. Since we talked, the UK Tuberous Sclerosis Association has decided to postpone their International Tuberous Sclerosis Complex Research Conference, which was supposed to be held in November in London. They will still be holding a virtual event on Friday, November 13th, but the in-person conference will now take place June 17th through 19th, 2021. I'll share a link to more information about this research conference in the show description. My thanks also to our other international partners who took time to talk to me on TSC Global Awareness Day. One theme that came out of all of those discussions is just how every organization has had to adjust how we provide support to TSC families with the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. The other thing that was a common theme is how TSC families have supported each other through social media and by participating in online events. This has been truly inspiring to watch. When we talk about the TSC community, it truly is a global community. So seeing organizations partner together to provide support really embodies this year's hashtag Unite for TSC. I'd like to end this month's episode by highlighting a fundraising and awareness success story right here in the United States. As many of you know, in order to keep our community and staff safe, the TS Alliance has postponed all of our spring events. This meant that the organization would have a shortfall in expected revenue of more than $700,000. That is critical to keeping TSC research going. That lost revenue is critical to keeping the TS Alliance organization moving forward and continuing to propel TSC research. 
To address this shortfall, this year, the TS Alliance debuted our TSC Awareness Month of Caring in May with the hope that our community will help fill some of that gap. And the response has been absolutely incredible. I talked to Ryan and Andrea Beebe. Ryan challenged himself this year to hold a fundraiser for the TS Alliance. But when the COVID-19 pandemic started, he had to adjust his plans. So he and his wife came up with a new and creative way to raise money online. And what they've achieved has far surpassed what even they expected. Here's my conversation with Ryan and Andrea. So I'm now joined by Ryan and Andrea Beebe, the masterminds behind the Getting Saucy with Parker B fundraiser. Ryan and Andrea, thank you so much for talking to me today. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you. We're excited uh, to chat with you and sort of tell our story. Well, why don't you start off by just telling me a little bit about your story and your connection to TSC? All right. So, well, when I was pregnant at about 35 weeks, they heard some arrhythmias in utero. And then that went to the discovery of uh, rhabdomyomas, so the tumors in his heart. And from that, we... I was very blunt with the doctor saying, tell me for real, like, is this, is this what he has? Cause they had mentioned it. Like if we had known anything about it and neither one of us had, and very quickly I started the research and kind of just went from there, figured, all right, so he has this. So what does that look like? What do I need to do when he's born to advocate for him? So we got all of his tests done. So he, I guess, had all of those normal beginning tests when he was born. So we found out pretty early that he had TSC. And from there, he had heart surgery at five days old to remove one of them that was blocking blood flow. But since that, he's recovered from that. And he did start having seizures at five months old. But I was very, very on top of it. Both of us were about what to look for with the infantile spasms. And we caught that really early before they were even showing up on his EEGs. So he's been on medicine since then and has been seizure free. So he's doing really well as far as all of his organs that we have have to monitor so that's great. That's great that he's doing so well. And it, it's great that you were able to find resources, especially to stop the infantile spasms. I know that's one of the more serious manifestations for infants. And so getting those under control is is huge. Yes. He's also part of the clinical study trying to catch the infantile spasms before they start part of the prevent trial. So I got a lot of great information from other parents on Facebook as far as what to look for and how to get him and ourselves and our family into that prevent trial. So that's awesome. That's so cool that he's part of that trial. That trial might completely change how infants with TSC are cared for. I mean, stopping those seizures before they start would be such a game changer. How did you first find the Tuberous Sclerosis Alliance? I think just from quick Google searches. Yeah. I mean, what when the doctor, it was one of the doctors had just mentioned, hey, have you ever heard of this? Immediately, I was like, what is that? How do you spell it? What are you talking about? What is it? And then I think I just called Ryan and I know I just really went on in a black hole on Google trying to figure out what this was. I know it's always tough getting that diagnosis, especially if you've never heard about it before and finding good resources and finding resources that give you hope is so important because there are lots of there are lots of scary stories out there too, but that's not the case for everyone affected. Yeah, like Andrew was saying, I, I think at first we're like, what is this? Where can we get more information? And the TS Alliance had a, a lot of succinct information that we could go to help better understand what we were dealing with in a format and 
way that made sense as opposed to when you go on to WebMD and diagnose yourself with a litany of side effects and whatever it might be. So it was like, all right, this that is a, a legitimate source that it looks like we're getting information from and, and have continued to, to use that and better educate ourselves. Well, what has life been like for your family since the beginning of the pandemic and how are you guys holding up? So... <laughs> I don't know. I think I lost my mind around week seven. I was just saying to him, we're, we're doing okay. Luckily, right when this happened, I immediately transferred all of his services to home. So before he uh, sees OTPT and speech through Easter Seals, and they were previously going to his daycare and providing the services there. But once this happened, I just, I was very pessimistic, like, all right, we're closing down for good. Like, we're not going back in two weeks, which was the original shutdown for us, at least in Delaware. And that was really great because immediately I started working with his speech therapist, his occupational therapist, his physical therapist, trying to have them teach me exactly what to do. And luckily, I have an early childhood background, so I have a lot of background information on what to do, but they were able to guide me. So as far as working with him and keeping him going, that's really helped. And we're both home. So that's also been nice because we're both working from home so we can tag team every now and then. Yeah, that's great that you guys can be a resource for each other by both working at home. How's your experience been so far with telehealth and with those remote interventions? Has it been going smoothly so far? It's tricky. I actually have telehealth on both ends because as a teacher, I'm trying to provide services to some kiddos through the Zoom calls and it is it is tricky. But really, it's, it's on the provider or whoever's with the child. So when I have therapy for Parker, I feel like they're giving me guidance, but I'm doing all the work because I'm the one who's putting everything in front of them, doing the hand over hand and the assisting. And it's tricky. And I'm so glad that I have that background and understand it because I'm trying to then help my students' families, trying to assist them. And it's definitely way harder than being in person. So I have to ask you about this this fundraiser. What was what was the original inspiration for it? And then, then how did you bring the idea together? So it's evolved over time. The beginning, the starting line for it was each year I create a bucket list of 10 items that I want to complete. And I've done, this is my third year creating a list. So it's 10 items. I look to 10 different things each year that otherwise, if I didn't write them down, I'd say, I'll get to it next year. I'll do it down the road. And you, some of them you get to, some of you don't. But I found if I write them down, I put it out there on Facebook so, so people know what I'm doing and some can help, some can get involved. It has kept myself accountable. So one of the 10 items I had for 2020 was to host a fundraiser. So in the early March, maybe late February timeframe, Andrea and myself started thinking about how could we go about this? Some of our friends had done a like guest bartender fundraiser at a local restaurant. It was like, maybe that's what we could do. So we started reaching out to some... We have some local breweries and restaurants that I thought would be good venues for that. Actually had something in line for that that, that we were hoping to, to pull off sort of an in-person event sometime this summer. And then two or three weeks later, maybe not even that, is really when the whole restriction started coming around and locking everything down. I was like, well, this isn't uh, going to be the greatest time to try and have an in-person fundraiser at a local restaurant or whatever. So, so there was the option of either just waiting it out and hopefully when stuff reopened, it could go down that route 
but I didn't know how that long that would last. And if I was hoping to do it in 2020, then I figured, well, let, let's figure out what we can do now. So I knew oh, Andrea had actually, she's the one that helps me stay on top of a lot of the TSC related items, but she had made mention of May being TSC Awareness Month. And it's like, well, this is probably the best time to, to do this as opposed to just waiting for, for the unknown. So we have sort of definitely modeled the concept of the, the YouTube show Hot Ones. It's something that we got into probably, I don't know, six months back or so. I think I went to sleep one night and I came down and him and my brother, his brother-in-law, came up this whole like idea and plan. And the next morning, the fundraiser had been created. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, had a few different thoughts, iterations. The, the first idea was, all right, let me just do a sort of hot sauce challenge. And I bought a sort of generic 12 pack kit off Amazon, got it to me within two or three days. And then I did a Facebook Live and I, I said, hey, I'm doing this. I'm looking to probably have an in-person event where people eat hot sauce in the September timeframe. So it was really the only intention was to get word out that we were potentially going to do something um, later, on. later on. But I, after that, I ate the sauces. There were, I don't know, 50 or so people watched on Facebook Live and we raised maybe $2,500. Like just so, that one night. Yeah. And people just sending us money. We hadn't even created the Facebook go-to yet. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I was hesitant to, during this time, ask people for money just because I, I know uh, a lot of people are in a tough situation. So it was really sort of just to get awareness out there. And, and I did see that people also were willing and able to donate. So we're like, all right, maybe maybe we shouldn't wait until September or so. Let's see if we can get our group, uh, a larger group of friends to do this because we felt, all right, I have my group of friends. They've donated, but I have friends who have a ton of other friends and family that I don't know and would probably be willing to, to donate and, and just to make them aware of it. So it started out with, I reached out saying, who would be interested in doing this? 10 buddies said, yep, we'll do it. So I, I got them sort of the details of what I did and said, hey, let's do this throughout the month of May, TSC Awareness Month. People are at home. They've already binge watched all they can binge watch. Why not tune in to see your family member or friend suffer through some hot sauces? And we've actually found that people have been so much more generous than I had ever imagined during this time. And I wondered, like, is it have to do with just this quarantine and making you kind of go back and like be humble about your health and what you do have because others don't. And I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but we've seen the generosity just yeah. go crazy right now. And you also have a captive audience because no one's going anywhere mm -hmm. and they can tune in at night and watch these. So yeah, once I had those 10 people, I, I went to a, a local hot sauce store in Lewis, Delaware, Peppers, and they I walked out of there with 110 bottles of hot sauce and uh, went and either mailed them. There's two people, one person in DC, one person in Colorado. So I had to mail those and then hand delivered the other sets of hot sauces, set those guys up with times that they wanted to do it. And I uh, created a Facebook page to start getting awareness out there. And from there, it's, it's grown. We probably, from the initial 11 that we're going to do it, I think right now, of people that have gone and are scheduled to go, there'll be 
roughly 45 people that end up doing this. So we see that as just a way to get to 45, 44 other networks of people we personally may not have gotten to. Yeah. You know, you were really throwing a curveball trying to cross off, have a fundraiser on your list, but it's been incredible to see the response you guys have gotten. And I, I do think there is something to inviting other people to be part of it and tapping into their networks. When you started this whole thing, did you have any idea that it would take off or be this successful? No, I think our goal was, all right, it'd be nice to get a few hundred dollars, maybe a few thousand dollars. And then after that first time around, it was like I said, $2,500 came in. So maybe there's a little something more to this. And I think it's an entertainment value now too, is people are using this as like, oh, that's what I get to watch Thursday night. I can't wait. It's be exciting. It's like turning in, yeah. kind of tuning into a sports broadcast <laughs> or like going to like a live show or an event. And I think people also are maybe more generous to donate because they're paying for a show. It's not just to donate to a cause and to learn about it, but they're getting a show and they get to be, it's interactive and they get to be a part of it through the comments on Facebook. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think after the first time, well, the first time I, I didn't have a goal in mind, a particular number. And then, then we went and was like, all right, maybe a $10,000 a good goal. And I think by May 3rd, we had had $10,000 come in and, and that was like three days in. And then we set the goal to 20,000, hit that, 30,000, hit that. It's like, all right, we're, these increments are 10. We're hitting pretty quick. So let's just go from 30 to 50. And we're at um, 37 so something right now? We're, yeah, we're at 37,355 right now. And that's still with maybe another 20 or so people to go. So I, I think 50 is, is definitely within sight. I've tried to keep it in, in line with TSC Awareness Month. So Everybody that is scheduled is up through May 31st. We have somebody tonight as well as through the rest of the month. There's at least one person every night. Some nights have multiple people. A lot of the ones we have left, I think there's three or four that are groups of people too. Like Yeah, we've had groups of two, three, four neighborhood kids are going to do it with their chicken nuggets here tomorrow. I think there's a group of seven of them and people that have done it by themselves or like I said, bigger groups, but... Yeah, people keep reaching out like, hey, how do I get this? How do I get these hot sauces? Can I borrow them so I can do it? We're more than happy to provide that information so that they can get involved. So you've done this now a bunch of times. What have been some of the hottest hot sauces that people have tried? And what have been some of the best reactions that you've seen? So right now, everybody's doing these 11 uh, hot sauces in front of us. And then some people are adding in extras along the way. Yeah, when I originally went and bought the the 110 bottles, I I had it of sets of so that everyone would get the same set so we could see the same Action. So everyone's done primarily the same. Some have sort of brought in their own, which is, is fine with me, more entertainment. But the two that we originally got are the two that we have last. One is Widow No Survivors. Warning, extremely hot sauce. Use one drop at a time. That gets a great reaction. And then the bomb Beyond Insanity also gets a great reaction as well. People have sort of said it's like a cliff. The first eight, I I haven't done this yet, so I can't speak no, to it. I have done it, and I was the first one. Me and my brother did it first to start everything off on May 1st. The first six are mild, not so bad, gradually increase in the hotness. The next two, it's like taking 
all right, let me take three steps up. And then the last ones, you are falling off of a cliff. It is <laughs> nothing. There's no progression to get from seven, eight, and then all the way to this like nine, 10, 10. Oh gosh, there's nothing like it. Unbeknownst to me, I did actually try the no survivors. My brother-in-law was over and we were eating chili and he, I knew he was putting hot sauce in there. But as I stepped out to go to the bathroom, the one that I thought he was going to use, he didn't use. And he put some of this widow in there. And I come back, my forehead starts sweating. I start hiccuping. I was like, <laughs> and, and he videoed me without me knowing my reaction. I was like, and I thought it was probably what we considered the third or fourth hottest sauce. And I said, shoo, this is hot. I'm going to be in for it. Uh, if this is how hot the, the lower end one was. And he eventually let me know. But yeah, these these two at the end, from having it within my chili, I know that the widow is going to be hot. And then from the reactions we've seen from the bomb, that one, yeah, yeah it's going to be hot worst. as well. Yeah, I think some of the worst reactions we've seen, um, there's been a few people that have unfortunately thrown up. Mm. Couldn't, they couldn't hang. Um, <laughs> but it's a lot because you're also trying to drink milk to calm your belly and your tongue and your mouth and everything. So there's other factors on people just getting really full and you don't want somebody to get sick from it, but it does uh, up the entertainment value when people are struggling because they are hot and their reactions and what they're trying to say is funny. People have been shaking, loud burps. My goodness. <laughs> what else? What are some of the really best? It's just forehead sweating. Um, Eyes are very watery. So people yeah. have been crying and everybody has to be very careful to not touch anything oh. with their hands because one of the worst has been... Uh, the heat underneath your fingernails, it's a burning sting that can last for days. So everybody's trying to be very careful to not touch anywhere near their face or anything. So that's always been kind of funny trying to contain your hands. I know I had to think of baby wipes on the table and was wiping after every wing. That's, that's pretty brutal. Do a lot of people get to the hottest hot sauce or do most people tap out before that? Everyone has made it. Yeah, I, I think it's because there's that sort of steep ledge that people are falling off. They're, they're fine getting through the beginning one. Some of them, they do say they're a little hotter, but... Not enough that you can't get through, but everyone has made it through, whether it's came back up, it's a different story for, for some people, but they have done that. And, and I think through the Facebook Live, you get the, the pressure of mm -hmm. everybody watching and um, wanting to do it. Yeah, everyone's donating more money for them to do the next one, because once everyone sees the reaction of the widow, nobody wants to do the next one because that one was so bad. But we've had hundreds and hundreds of dollars raised just to get the person to eat the next wing. And so I think that people, <laughs> they're also getting uh, those comments, do it for the children, <laughs> do it for Parker. <laughs> yeah, you sort of guilt them into it, but. Sure, once pressure's on, you have to do it. And it's your yeah. friends, so they know you're, you mean well, but we push them. <laughs> <laughs> sure, and it will make it even more hilarious when they're struggling, so. That's right. Exactly. So you've talked about how you've raised over $37,000 and you have a couple more of these left to, to really finish up May. How can people watch and support? So we have set up a Facebook fundraising page. If you go to bit.ly slash donate to Parker, it takes you directly to the Facebook fundraising page that gives sort of the live tally of how much money has come in. We've provided sort of an overview of all the sauces that we're using. We try and each day through the month of May, we've provided some sort of update to, to try and keep it fresh, whether that's a spotlight on the sauces, the hot one show, who's coming up next. And then also um, we make sure to share it as a watch party. Now that we kind of have had a few, we understand 
how to make it live. So I think you would probably be able to find Brian and watch them. Yeah. So if you can go to that Getting Saucy for Part B fundraiser page, you should be able to watch through that or find out how to watch through that by finding Ryan, who always shares the videos. Yeah. So, so yeah, if you're not friends with the people that are doing the um, actual eating, uh, the easy point of contact would be myself. So feel free to friend me. And then, like Andrea said, I will do a Facebook watch party so that anyone can that that's friends with me can watch everyone else that's doing it. It's really cool what you guys are doing. And, you know, hopefully anyone listening to this can support some of these last couple of challenges so they can, that you guys can hit your $50,000 goal. I'm planning on doing sort of a, a wrap up last go around on June 5th. So I figure that'll let, let everyone go through May, bring in some, some of the last tail end money from that. And then hopefully that Friday I'll go and sort of give a recap of what we've been able to do through this and repay my debts to everyone as I have these sauces. And, and I have actually made sure to buy a few that are actually hotter than the bomb so that people really feel like they've got their money's worth and, and I get tortured because through this, I definitely put the pressure of saying more sauce oh, to everyone that's worst. done it. Even, even if it was like bathing in sauce, I would say, hey, there's a little bit of chicken noticeable there. So put some more sauce on. So it'll come around to me. But until then, I'm, I'm having fun pressuring everybody else. <laughs> yeah, sounds like you're uh, due for some comeuppance and also that you are a glutton for punishment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, it's been so incredibly successful. You know, how do you follow this up and, and what comes next? That's a good question. I, I was just talking to somebody the other day about it's going to be hard to kind of replicate this every year, but maybe every five years trying to come up with a new type of event to try to do a big fundraiser again. So, I mean, I know that there's little things that we've done in the past. So last year, even though it was the first year that we had truly known about it for May 15th as TSC Awareness Day and the month of May, I had done at my school just a jeans day and hats day to kind of promote TSC and what it was. But that was just on a very local level and just to our immediate Facebook friends and my school community. So we'll definitely keep doing something every year. I think it'll be more going forward than we have in the past since... We're still new at this, but definitely look for something every five years. Something big is coming, at uh, least. I, I, I think there's potential to do yearly. I mean, there's thousands of hot sauces out there. We can definitely switch <laughs> <Sure>. to lineups. <laughs> so we'll see. We're sort of just enjoying this, uh, sort of getting Facebook notifications each time uh, another donation comes in make, makes you feel good. So we're sort of enjoying this, not looking too far ahead into how do we top it in the future because we're very pleasantly uh, happy and, and surprised all at the same time with, with how far this has gone. So, so we're, we're enjoying that. Well, hopefully sometime in the future when all of this is past, maybe we can have like a, a live in-person hot wings eating contest at one of our walks or something. That would be a yeah, great. That would be idea. great. We'd enjoy that. Hopefully we'll have some insight on what to eat, not to eat, and what can really raise money if you, you pressure people into to taking a horrible, horribly hot sauce. We at the TS Alliance are so appreciative of your creativity and all of the funds and more importantly, the awareness you've raised of tuberous sclerosis. So thank you for everything you're doing. It's, it's really, really cool. 
Well, yeah, thank you, Dan. We are, it's been great chatting with you and we, we look forward to continuing to, to get involved with the, the TS Alliance and helping where we can and, and joining where we can. It's been a great community that we've been able to, to become a part of. My thanks again to Ryan and Andrea for taking time to talk to me. As of right now, they've raised over $46,000 through their Getting Saucy with Parker B fundraiser. With one day left in May, let's help them crush their $50,000 goal. I'll share the link to the fundraiser in the episode description. Because of fundraisers like theirs and the incredible generosity of the TSC community, the TS Alliance has raised over $130,000 during our TSC Awareness Month of Caring. This has been truly incredible, and there aren't words to express how grateful we are for all of your support during these tough times. You truly have kept us TSC strong. Stay tuned for a final update on social media as TS Alliance President and CEO Kari Luther Rosbeck makes good on her promise and shows her gratitude in a way you don't want to miss. And don't forget, you can continue to access all of our COVID-19 information on our website at www.tsalliance.org backslash COVID-19. That'll do it for this episode of TSC Now. My thanks again to our sponsors, Greenwich Biosciences, Novartis Pharmaceuticals, UCB Inc., Upshursmith Laboratories, and Mallinckrodt. Wherever you're listening, I hope you're staying safe, staying well, and staying TSC strong. Thank you for listening to TSC Now. Our theme song is Take Charge by Young Presidents. You can find all our episodes at tsalliance.org slash tscnow. Thanks for listening.